Well, good morning, friends, and welcome. Thank you so much for being here today, especially if it's your first time with us, maybe your first time in a very long time. Special thanks to the choir, the ensemble, uh, all the band and instrumentalists this morning. What a great job leading us in worship. Would you help me uh, thank them again for all their hard work and effort? Uh, my name is Thomas Fitzpatrick. I'm senior pastor here at West Bowles Community Church. I plan on being such for a very long time. Uh, it is my birthday this week, but I didn't know 37 was the new retirement age, Ryan. I wish that were true, but I don't, I don't think that's happening. I'll be working till I'm dead. So uh, great to be with you. Welcome to West Bowl. This is a church that is basically uh, one loud, crazy, eclectic family. A family where every age and life stage, every background, uh, every music preference, every economic class, even every hairline uh, comes together throughout the week as well as the first day of the week to live out the words above this stage. We take the words of Christ and that mission very seriously around here, and we try really hard to not take ourselves too seriously. So laughing with us or at us is highly encouraged and will be throughout the course of the morning. I'm excited that you're here, though, and I've got a great word for you this morning. At least I think it is. I'm biased, though, because I wrote it. So anyway, uh, before I share those thoughts with you, I need you to do me a favor. We have an Easter tradition here at West Bowles. I need you to turn to the person on your right and say, I can't believe God loves someone like me. Turn to the person on your right and say that, would you? Now you know what's coming. You turn to the person on your left and you say, but I really can't believe God loves someone like you. (laughs) Let me pray for us as we dive into the word. God, thank you for this morning and all that it means and all that it represents, God. Resurrection Sunday, as Nathan already hinted at, is the most profound moment and day in all of human history in everyone's life, and we pray it's true right now in our life. Speak to us, God. Show us what it means. Show us how things are different now as a result of what happened many, many years ago. Make it so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of you are familiar with the phrase spoiler alert? Anybody know that phrase? Uh, A spoiler alert is a phrase that someone is supposed to say right before they share the most important uh, plot twists or character developments in a major movie or, or TV show or even book, right? But the reason they call it a spoiler alert is because they share all that information with you before you've had the chance to see it for yourself or read it for yourself or, or even watch it for yourself, right? Spoiler alert, Bruce Willis' character, was, he was dead the whole time. Uh, Spoiler alert, the other Black Panther is actually his long-lost cousin. Uh, Spoiler alert, the entire group actually died when the plane crashed on Lost Island. Or maybe not. I have no clue what actually happened in that show. If you ever watched Lost, you're probably right there with me. But sometimes people share spoiler alerts because they want you to know that they're in the know. Like, oh, you, you haven't seen the season finale? Well, let me tell you about it. Or other times they're just so excited about what they have seen or heard that they can't help but share it with you, even though you, you don't want to hear it right now. Uh, this clip perfectly captures the essence of the spoiler alert. Watch this. Um, what did you think of the season finale of Game of Thrones? <gasps> right? Oh, no, 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 I'm reading the books. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. the first book. And he reads slow. We can never talk about it. We're never going to talk about it. Okay. No, you're right. Hey, has anybody seen that new Russell Crowe thriller? Because let me tell you. 
right? It's just, we're going tomorrow, and I don't want to know a thing about it. Gotcha. Doesn't want to know a thing. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, have it. Yeah. 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 So who won the game? I think that it was that. I'm. I'm gonna watch it later. Oh, you're. Oh, you have the DVR. Yeah. I got it. Sorry. Okay. Mm -mm. Word. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So. Yeah. What's the weather gonna be like this? <laughs> Sorry, it's, uh, we're having a barbecue this weekend, and I don't want to stress about the weather. And no, of course just, you don't. We just, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're talking. over here. <clears throat> cheesecake. <gasps> what? Huh? Yeah, cheesecake. I mean. Oh, yeah. No, I. Yeah. I'd love like, some cheesecake. Let's do that. Yeah. 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 Cheesecake. Cheesecake. I mean, I've been watching my cholesterol intake. Well, I'm gonna yeah. die someday yeah. anyway, right? right? What? Honey. Wow. Come Are you on. kidding really? me? You just ruin it oh. every oh. time. Oh. I'll see you at home. Well, wait so a second. Rude. Now, how would you not know that that was taking place? Oh, the spoiler alert. Believe it or not, I think Jesus loved the spoiler alert. I doubt he used that exact phrase or the uh, Aramaic equivalent, but he was totally that guy. Jesus was that guy. He would have told you who the bachelor picked at the very end. He would have told you how the big game was won. He would have told you how that trilogy came to an end. And for good reason. I mean, it would be hard to, to be God, would it not? Knowing everything about everything and not spill the beans every once in a while about how it all ends. But more than sharing how Jerusalem's favorite TV show came to an end, Jesus talked a lot about how his own life would come to an end. Now, there are some things you just don't talk about in front of others, right? Things like the rash cream your doctor just prescribed for that thing happening on your back. Like, yeah, let's not bring that up. Uh, those old fraternity parties, eh, probably best to leave that in the past. Or anything that happened on that trip to Vegas last fall, you just don't bring that up, right? But more than anything else, you're just not supposed to talk about your own death, with or in front of other people. If we're honest, most people don't like to think about their own death, let alone bring it up uh, over dinner or uh, in conversation. It's totally morbid, is it not? It's creepy to talk about your own death. Uh, last year, my wife and I finalized our will and our living trust. And, and even though in that setting, you're supposed to talk about your death and it's supposed to be comfortable and natural and normal, it wasn't, it was totally weird. The guy kept saying, the attorney across the table, upon your death, Upon your death, upon your death. And by the end of the meeting, I was in the fetal position in the corner saying, I don't want to die. It was just weird. See, talking about your own death, it's extremely uncomfortable. And so, so we just don't do it. But that wasn't true for Jesus. He did it all the time. All the time. Let me show you what I mean. We've been in a study called Remarkable. We're looking at the, the book of Mark. And these are just the examples from that particular book. Read these with me. Mark 8, 31. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, but three days later, he would rise from the dead. Mark 9, 30 and 32. Leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee. Jesus didn't want anyone to know he was there, for he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. 
They didn't understand what he was saying, however, and they were terrified to ask him what he meant. Mark 10, 33 and 34, listen, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests, the teachers of the religious law. They will sentence him to die, hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him, spit on him, flog him with the whip. They will kill him. But after three days, he will rise again. See, Jesus didn't shy away like many of us do when it comes to talking about his own death. In fact, he talked about his own death all of the time. But here's why he always brought it up. Because every single time he mentioned or referred to or talked about his own death, he had a spoiler alert. And not just any old spoiler alert. This is the greatest spoiler alert in the history of spoiler alerts. Jesus said, I am going to die. I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be crucified on a cross. But spoiler alert, three days later, I will rise from the dead. But see, the disciples, they couldn't get past the whole from the dead thing. They couldn't get past the bad news. They couldn't get past the first thing that he said. So spoiler alert, it really didn't sink in on them. It reminds me of the time that a friend of mine had to tell his kids some, some pretty bad news. Uh, they had planned a trip for several days to a water park uh, that weekend, but because of a work conflict, he had to tell the kids they had to cancel. Last second, he pulls them aside, tells them, I'm so sorry, kids. Daddy's got to work. Uh, we can't go to the water park. Well, you can imagine how the kids responded in that moment. They start screaming and wailing and flopping, you know, lifelessly on the floor. No, Dad! Ah! Then he stops them. See, little did they know, my friend had already planned a trip to Disneyland just a few weeks later. And so he says, guys, guys, just calm down. It's okay. We're not going to the water park, but daddy has a trip planned to Disneyland next week. All of us for the whole week to where Mickey lives. And my friend tells me that, that the kids looked at him with a very strange look, started screaming again and said, I kid you not, you are an evil, evil man. You promised us the water park. You promised us the water park. See, that's how the disciples kind of heard and responded to Jesus' statement about his death and resurrection. Okay, you're going to be resurrected. Yeah, 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 whatever. But you promised us the water park. You're going to die? Tell us more about this death thing. Why are you going to be killed? Why are you going to leave us? Why can't we stop that from happening? But they didn't appreciate the spoiler alert because they couldn't get past the fact that he was going to die. And it's so easy for that same thing to happen to us too. It's so easy for us to live in the shadow of death as opposed to the light of life that is yet to come. It's so easy for us to focus on the loss that we've experienced, maybe the loss of someone that we care so deeply about, maybe even our own loss coming up, the loss of our own life. We just forget about what's gonna come though. Instead, we, we focus on what we've lost or what we will lose instead of what we have been given or what we will be given. This is far more than just the glass is half empty versus glass is half full. This is either focusing on death or this is living in life, living in the light of life. And that's why Jesus told his followers again and again and again, yes, I'm going to die. Yes, that is part of the equation. Yes, that is part of the story. But there is a better part. There is more to come. The story doesn't end there. I'm going to be raised to life. And like that first group of disciples, church, we, we, we're just not sure we fully appreciate or understand the magnitude of this spoiler alert. I think we just kind of focus on his death still. We kind of live in that place instead of really understanding what that spoiler alert means. Spoiler alert. Jesus didn't stay dead. 
Spoiler alert, he didn't stay in the tomb. Spoiler alert, what some would consider to be his final resting place was far from it. He just rested there for three days and then he left. That is the greatest spoiler alert alert ever. Here's why. It's gonna change your life in three ways or at least it should. Let me share them with you quickly. The spoiler alert about Christ's life is not just about his life. The spoiler alert about his resurrection life is designed to change your life in these three ways. For one, it's designed to prove to you that God has a plan for your life. The resurrection proves to you that God has a plan for your life. Let me explain. I think it's easy at times for many of us to feel as if the hard things in life are like outside of God's will for our life. It's easy to think that the tough stuff is somehow like catching God off guard or it's a mistake or it's not really what God wanted. John talks about God, you know, balancing all these plates, spinning all these plates, and every once in a while a plate falls. It's like, I'm just so sorry, Thomas. I didn't intend for that to happen, but it's hard being God, so give me a break. Sadness, loss, grief, loneliness, disease, death, all of them, don't they just, they feel like curveballs that someone threw at us and, and nobody saw it coming. And these curveballs, these hard things, these difficult things, these painful things, they serve no purpose. But maybe that's not true. Maybe someone, maybe somebody did see it coming. Maybe, maybe somebody did plan on this happening. Maybe, maybe somebody does know how this part of your story is a huge part of your story. How, how it plays a part in a much, much bigger picture. See, in telling us that the cross was coming, in telling us that Jesus was gonna rise above and rise from the cross, he's telling us crosses don't wreck the plans of God, crosses don't mess up the plans of God, crosses don't thwart the plans of God, crosses are a small part in the overall plans of God. Crosses are actually something God uses to bring about and to fulfill and to complete his plans for your life. You with me? But we think the cross is the plan or it's way outside of the plan. It's not. It's just a small part of the plan. If it wasn't for the resurrection, then yes, believe and assume and live as if everything is arbitrary, meaningless, and spiraling out of control. But the resurrection changes all of that. Nothing is outside of God's will. Nothing is outside of his ability. Nothing is outside of his power. Nothing is outside of his plans for you. He uses it all, all things for good for those who love him, even the cross. And some of you desperately need to hear that this morning, don't you? You need to hear that God's got a plan for you. And that plan somehow and in some crazy way includes this cross that you are carrying. The very worst part of your story might be the one part of the story that propels the story in a direction that nothing else could have. The worst part of your story might be that which propels or sends your story in a direction that nothing else could have. It's hard to believe, and I know it is. It's hard to believe that the hard stuff in this life, the stuff that makes you want to shake your fist at heaven and say, what are you thinking? It's hard to believe that stuff might be from heaven. And it's hard to believe that that stuff is actually designed to draw you closer to heaven. But God has a plan. God has a plan to draw you in. I know it looked like God was absent or distant or caught off guard on Friday at the cross, but truth be told, he was more fully active and more powerfully present in that moment than at any other in all of Christ's life. And I know right now if I could sit you down with a cup of coffee, 
And I would say, I know it feels like God might be so absent right now in this moment in your life. It might feel like that Friday, like God has just left you completely alone. But truth be told, God is more present and more powerfully active in this moment in your life than at any other that you've experienced thus far. You see, crosses, crosses are hard, but they are part of a much bigger plan, a plan that God has been writing for all of eternity and a plan that will propel you into eternity. So don't think the cross isn't real. Don't act like it doesn't hurt, but don't think the cross is an end in and of itself. It's part of a much bigger plan. The resurrection proves that. Let me give you an example real fast of this. I hate to admit it because I'm gonna have to probably hand over my man card after I do it, but here we go. I don't like to watch my favorite teams and especially my favorite golfers live. I, I just don't like, to, I don't like to watch them live on TV. I don't like to go to the game. It just kind of freaks me out. It stresses me out. I don't know how it's gonna turn out and, and, I'm, all, and I'm all anxious and I'm all worried. I'm like, yeah! And there's commercial breaks and TV timeouts. It just, like, it's just wasting time and then it really gets, stresses me out. Anybody else with me? It's just like a really, really hard thing to do. Many a pillow has flown across the living room when I watch my favorite teams live. Many a fist has been thrown into the couch as I watch my favorite golfers choke. And many a, many a word has been spoken from my mouth. So I realized after, after years to keep my salvation, to keep sane, to live longer, to stay happily married, I got to record the game. I've got to record it and then watch it later after I know how it all turns out. Outside of Jesus, DVR has saved my life. I've got to know how it ends. And if it's not in my favor, I just literally do this, delete. But if it is in my favor, you know what I do? I just sit back and I just, I just marvel at every moment, even the bad moments. I'm like, oh, you just choked right there, but you must do something great later because I know you win. I know this is going to be okay. Bring me more chips, right? This is just an amazing experience. I enjoy it so much more because I know how it's gonna end. Friends, do you not think that's exactly why the resurrection happened? Among all the other reasons, one of them has to be God wants you to know how this thing ends. He wants you to know how this crazy story, this crazy ride, this crazy game called life, he wants you to know how it ends. Because when you know how it ends, you understand that everything that happens in between is just part of the plan. It's just leading towards that ultimate victory. So no, because of the resurrection, God has a plan for you. And that plan is your victory. That plan is more life after this life. That's the plan, that's the goal. If we could fast forward on the DVR of life, we would see you continue to live after you die. Well then shouldn't that impact the way that you live right now before you die? You know how the game ends. You know who is victorious at the end of all of this. Maybe it should change the way we go through things now. The second thing the resurrection is designed to prove to us is that you can trust Jesus in this life. Think about it. Jesus claimed he was going to die. Well, all of us with 100% certainty can stand up and, and claim the same thing, can we not? So Jesus, we're not going to give you a whole lot of credit for that one. But then he went one step further and he claimed, okay, after I'm going to die, I am going to be raised from the dead. Three days later, I'm going to conquer death. Now think about that proclamation. Isn't it, it's a huge risk. It's a huge chance that he's taking because let's just say, let's just say it didn't happen. Let's say Jesus is still right now in a tomb somewhere that you can go visit on some cheap Groupon tour to the Holy Land. 
Like, oh yeah, I went to Jesus' tomb. I got like a little penny that you imprinted something on and it's on a necklace now, right? Let's just say that's true. What does that do to Christ's credibility? What does that do? If he didn't come through on the resurrection promise, what about all the other promises he made? Are those not totally void of any power, credibility? You see, Jesus said, when you surrender your life to God, you will find life. When you serve the marginalized, you will encounter God in the flesh. When you forgive your enemies, you break the stronghold of vengeance and hostility in this world. When you put God first, everything else falls into place. When you give more away, you will receive far more in return. He said all of that. Well, yeah, he also said he'd rise from the dead, and that didn't happen. So can I really believe anything else that he said? You see how that works? If you don't come through on the resurrection promise, I don't care about anything else you've ever promised. You gotta come through on this one. But what if he, what, what if he was spot on about his death and resurrection? What if he nailed it? Then doesn't that mean he nailed everything else? Doesn't that mean he was spot on with everything else? Let me, let me give you an example. This is, this is morbid. I don't know why I came up with this example, but just go with it, okay? Let's say today at Easter lunch, uh, grandpa starts choking on some peeps. Because like me, grandpa eats them a sleeve at a time, right? Like five or six at a time. So grandpa's choking on some peeps. Well, cousin Timmy comes running in, big, big, strong 16-year-old, starts doing the Heimlich maneuver on grandpa. The peeps go flying out. All the kids who are dying Easter eggs are like, ah! Exactly! Perfect, perfect timing. <laughs> Grandpa's life is saved from the peeps, right? Let's say, let's say it happens just like that. I tell you before you leave today, Grandpa's going to choke us some peeps. To me, blah, blah, right? I tell you it's going to happen. And it goes down just like that. What does that mean now for our relationship? Chances are, first of all, you take me to the casino this afternoon, we win, we win millions of dollars, right? I mean, it's just, let's just be real. But the second thing that means is you're probably going to listen a little bit closer to my words, are you not? You're probably going to trust my words a little bit more. You're probably going to see there's a little more power and authority in my words. If I was spot on with the peeps fiasco, chances are I'm spot on with other things too. It's called validation. And the resurrection is the greatest form of validation this world has ever seen. The resurrection is God's way of confirming and authenticating everything Jesus ever said and did. The resurrection is heaven's way of saying Jesus was telling the truth always and about everything. Because you see, he's alive. That proves he knows what he's talking about when it comes to everything in life. The resurrection, to put it bluntly, is heaven's mic drop. If you don't know what a mic drop is, ask the grandkids at lunch, okay? But it's heaven's way of saying, I just did that. And there's really nothing left to say because I've said it all up to this point and this is the fullness of it. This is the completion of it. See, the resurrection shows us Jesus, he was right on. Not only about his life and his death because he, he told us that was gonna happen exactly the way it happened, but that means he was spot on about everything else. So you can trust him. Even though he's saying some hard things to you right now, even though he's asking you to give up something, even though he's pushing you in some different ways, even though faith is difficult at times, you can trust that man. Everything he said is true and right and real. Do you know how I know? The resurrection. 
Because he came through on that one, I know he's going to come through on everything else. But last but not least, more than just giving us uh, confidence in the plan that God has for our life, more than just helping us to trust Christ in this life, the resurrection is designed to literally empower us in this life, to give us victory and confidence and authority in this life. Uh, Christian Herder was the governor of Massachusetts back in the day. And one year he was campaigning so hard, he just went, 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 went all weekend long, skipped several meals, and he found himself at a church barbecue late Sunday afternoon. As Herder moved down the serving line, he was totally famished, and, and so he just kind of took his plate and went down the line with everybody else in that church. So he held out his plate to the woman who was serving the chicken, and she put a piece of chicken on his plate and said, here you go, here you go, sir, piece of chicken for you. Herder said, oh, I'm just, I'm so hungry today. It's been a long weekend. Do you mind if I have a second piece of chicken? Sorry, sorry, the woman said. I've, I've been told I, I'm just supposed to give one piece of chicken to every person, but, but I'm starving, the governor said. The woman said again, only one per customer, sir. Governor Herder, if you know anything about him, was a very modest man, a very meek man, unassuming man, but he decided in this moment, it was time to throw around a little weight, right? Do you know who I am? He said, I'm the governor of this great state. She said, well, that's nice. Do you know who I am? I'm the woman in charge of the chicken. <laughs> One piece, move along. <laughs> Romans 8:11 says this, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. This verse is talking about the good news that will happen when you come to the end of your life. At the end of your life, it's not the end of your life. There's more life to come. How do we know? Because the same spirit that was in Jesus who raised Jesus from the dead will raise us from the dead. This verse is about the power and the authority and the strength and the confidence and the life that we can have at the end of life. But the resurrection is designed to give you strength and confidence and authority and power and life right now. It's not just about the end of your life. It's about every moment until the end of your life. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This power that is in you, Christian, is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. You want power? This is more power than just being in charge of the chicken. Christian, you have a lot of power and authority because resurrection life lives in you. Resurrection, resurrection life is not just life that is yet to come. It's a life that is now. Resurrection life is, is what we experience. It's the new norm for us. You see, because Jesus is alive right now, it means that the power that he had when he healed blind eyes and restored hearing to deaf ears, that power is alive right now and available to you. The authority of the one who cast out evil strongholds, who spoke peace into the worst storms in this life, that power, it's alive right now, and it's available to you. The goodness and love of the one who touched the unlovable and loved, the, uh, you know, forgave the most sinful, that power, that love, that goodness, it's alive right now, and it's available to you because Jesus is alive. Everything he was, everything he did, every promise he made, every power he demonstrated, it's alive. It's all alive. All of those things are alive because he is alive. It's not a one-time thing. It's a new thing. 
I'll end with this. When you give your life to Christ, he gives his life to you. When you give your life to Christ, he gives his life to you. His unending, never stopping, grave defeating, sin crushing, isolation ending, shame shattering, resurrection life. It is power for the future. Yes and amen. There will come a day when I move from life to life. But today is the day where I start to truly live life. You see? And that's what resurrection is all about. It is about a day to come, but it's also about today and experiencing the full abundant life God designed you to have. So spoiler alerts, they come in all shapes and sizes, don't they? I don't know who the bachelor chose and I don't care. Ryan does, go talk to him, okay? I don't know how This Is Us is gonna finally wrap up, but I know it's gonna be a lot of tears. I know that for a fact. I can't say for certain if the girl on Stranger Things is dead or not. I, I don't know. I don't know how the big game, I don't know a lot of these things. I can't share a lot of spoiler alerts with you, but I do know one, spoiler alert. Jesus rose from the grave. Spoiler alert. God, as a result of that resurrection, will accomplish the purpose and plan he has for your life. Spoiler alert, you can trust Jesus in everything and with everything. Spoiler alert, at the end of this life, you will be victorious. But more than that, you can be victorious right now in this life. There's power available to you in Christ, through Christ, and because of Christ. It's called resurrection power. And you ain't seen nothing like it. You ain't seen nothing like it. So I don't care if you get mad at other people for sharing spoiler alerts, but I want you to be pretty excited with God that he shared this one with you it's designed to change everything. Let me pray for us and we'll get you out of here. God, you are an incredible God. There is none like you. All the other gods in the universe demand life from us. They demand that we spend our lives, you know, serving them and, and giving them goodies and appeasing their anger or hostility. Not you, God. You don't demand life. You give life. You raise things to life. And that is our hope and our prayer this morning. That would happen for every single person in this room. That the resurrection of Jesus wouldn't be some historical fact, some, some line in some book, but instead it would be a reality, a reality that changes everything for us. The resurrection, God, is designed to change everything. It shows us that you have a plan. And that plan includes and somehow uses and utilizes the worst part of our life, the hardest things we ever go to, God. They are not outside of your will. They are not too big for you. You use them to bring about good and to bring about this plan that you have for each of us. And God, the resurrection is designed to show us we can trust Jesus. We can trust him more than anybody else. Everything he said came true just the way he said it would, including his life and death. So help us to put our trust in him now when it comes to how we should love our wife, how we should treat our kids, how we should treat our boss, what we should do with our finances, how we should love the people around us, God, what we should do with those that we hate or don't like. Help us to trust you in all of those areas because what you said is true, what you said is real, what you said is right. We can believe it, God. And Lord, our prayer this morning is also that you would infuse us with resurrection life and resurrection power right now. Your promise in scripture is that the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in us. That means we can do far more things than we think, far greater things than we think, far more difficult things than we think. We have power and authority in your name and because of the resurrection. Help us to claim that now. Help us to live in that now. Please, God. Raise